Hello again, everybody, and welcome to yet again another episode of the GX Gamers Cast, episode uh, five, I think. Uh, if it's not five, I'm sorry. Um, so this week, if you haven't seen it in the title already, oh fuck yeah, I'm a pretty goddamn excited about this one. We finally get to dip into the catalog of the Nintendo 64. I just want to give you guys a little background on me and the N64. So obviously, when it came out, I was like two or three years old it came out in uh what 95 96 something like that so yeah i was not in the market to be a hardcore gamer when i was three so i got the n64 much later uh my own n64 much later in my life but uh i grew up uh whenever i'd go over to my either of my uncle's houses um they both had n64s and i would play the shit out of them whenever i would go over there uh my uncle my younger uncle he was more around our age, a bit older, obviously, but um, we used to rock uh, GoldenEye 007 all the time downstairs. Now, obviously, I was never any good and never won, but played it a lot. I mean, Smash Bros, dude, we played so much Smash Bros as a kid. Again, no, no good at it. I never won. Uh, I remember playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time a lot. And I would never, I never knew what to do, right? I would just load up my uh, uncle's save file and I would just get on Epona and just ride around and like just check out everything. I think I maybe did some fishing, but that's the kind of shit that you do as when you're a young kid with video games. You don't overly play them. You just kind of fuck around in, in the areas or if you're like me, you just kind of play the first world of a level, the really easy, fun ones, and then you just hit reset, and then, you know, you go do that over and over again. I was a very re repetitious uh, child. I used to watch uh, the same Disney movie over and over again, like, all day, all week, and then I'd pop off onto another fucking Disney movie and watch that over and over again all day, all week. My my uh, my grandma used to tell me that all the time. She's like, I don't know how many fucking times you watched good, um, what's that, Charlotte's Web? I, it's not even a Disney movie, but apparently that was my fucking jam as a kid. I, she's like, you used to watch that movie all day, every day for weeks on end. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I, I do remember that movie, so it's definitely ingrained in my brain back there. But uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about N64 games. But before we get to uh, the main meat and potatoes of this of this video, or sorry, not a video. I, I'm so I'm I've recorded so many videos on YouTube, man. I'm so used to everything being a video. This is a podcast, so you're not. There's nothing to see here. There's just you just gotta listen. But uh, I did. I do have. Um, I don't know. I'm not even gonna say it's not a recommendation, really, uh, unless you like horror movies. Uh, and you probably already seen it because it's kind of old. But I finally got around to watching the horror movie It Follows. Uh, that one's been on my radar for a long, long time. Uh, I've heard mixed things about it. Uh, I mean, critically, it was very well received. But uh, when it when it comes to the terms of audience reception, it was a little, I don't know, lukewarm. Uh, kind of a 50-50 split in the middle. It's whether you loved it or you hated it. Um, I would have to fall on the side of more liking it. Uh, definitely not... Uh, like some like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like ninety five percent. No, it is not, not that good. Not that good. Absolutely not. No way. But I, I do. I love the concept of the movie. So if you're not aware of it, I don't want. I'm not going to spoil anything. But the concept of the movie is there is an entity that follows you. It's uh, some sort of curse or something. We don't really get a whole lot of backstory on it. But uh, basically, this this boy and girl they hook up. Uh, the boy. Uh, passes this entity on to the girl and it can only be passed on to an, another host through sex So, you know, what I'm saying this is for older audiences 
Um, so she catches it, but uh, he like basically drugs her and ties her up so he can show her the entity because the entity is only uh, able to be seen by the people that um, have had had it or currently have it. So if if they if, if like all her friends or parents, no one can see it. The cops can't see it. So you get that classic horror. Uh, everyone thinks you're fucking crazy. No one believes you kind of thing going on, but he shows her what's going on. So this entity that follows you, it, it will constantly follow you. It doesn't stop. It changes its appearance. It can be whatever appearance it wants to be. It can be a girl, a boy, your friend. It can, it can try and trick you. So that's a very fucking cool concept. I mean, it's simple, but I think they, they did a very good job, uh, you know, doing that concept. I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it, it didn't, you know, I've, I've been on horror movies since I was four years old, man. I, I was always, since as early as I, I can remember, I've been watching shit I definitely should have been watching. And like early on in my childhood, I was into the Chucky movies. So I've been watching horror movies for a very, very long time. And I'm desensitized to horror movies, but horror video games is a whole nother story. But uh, I didn't get any jump scares or anything out of it. I was just kind of enjoying it. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. You know, um, I would recommend it to anyone who's a horror fan. Like it's it's a fine movie. I think the problem is that a lot of people had with it is rather a they took it too seriously, and like you know it's a movie, right? It's not supposed to be taken overly seriously. It's just supposed to entertain you. So there's some weird shit in it, and I will admit that the ending was a little lackluster. I'm not gonna say anything about the ending. It just kind of you know, one of those up in the air kind of endings, leave it to your own imagination. But it, it was a kind of an interesting uh, ending. It wasn't the best, and the climax of the movie was a little underwhelming. But, uh, and there was, there was like, I'm just, I'm gonna say this one part happened, like, uh, one of the girl's friends gets shot in the leg, and, like, no one gave a fuck. Like, she, she literally gets shot, and she's like, ow, ow, oh god, my leg, I've been shot, and that, no one, not a single person says a word. I'm like, yo, She's gonna die. Like, help her. You shot her in the leg. You gotta hit a main artery or something, you fucking crazy bastard. Anyway, uh, overall, if I had to give the movie, like, out of ten, I'd say, like, six and a half. Six and a half out of ten, you know, uh, pretty okay. You know, I would, if you, again, if you like horror movies, you haven't seen it, maybe it's on your list and you're looking for something... Uh, with a really cool idea that is done well, or and and honest to God, it just leaves me wanting them. I want more. I want them to do another one of these movies if if they could, because it, it leaves it open that like it's it there could be more if they wanted to. Like they could just redo the story, no problem. I just thought it had some very cool ideas in it, and uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty low budget movie too. Like not a not, not one of those big uh, budget horror movies, so I think with the limited assets, the acting was pretty good as well, I must say. Um, the main girl, especially, she was very solid. Uh, yeah, it was a good, a solid movie, solid movie. If uh, you're looking for something to watch, uh, definitely I recommend watching this. Uh, I was down in my room, nighttime, all the lights out, and I was just fucking cuddled up with all the cats downstairs when we were watching it, and yeah, it was a good time. Uh, it follows, not bad. Definitely not as good as the critics say, but not as bad as some people. Just go in with an open mind, alright? If you're gonna watch it. Alright, baby, let's get into the fucking meat and potatoes of this episode. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64, released in 2001, motherfucker. 2001! So this bitch came out late, late, late in the N64 life cycle. It went very, just kind of came and went. Like, not a lot of people got this game, 
not all, it, it reviewed very well, but it sold very, very poorly because uh, it just happened to be very late into the, the... I think the fucking GameCube might have already been out by 2001, I would have to think, right? They're definitely the next generation of consoles were already here by the time this game came out. So this game went through a long development cycle. Uh, some people may know of this already, but if you don't, so Conkers originally was concepted in 96. That's when they first started talking about this game. Uh, originally, Conkers Bad Fur Day was supposed to be a kind of a kid-friendly game. This was supposed to be kids. This was supposed to be, it was very um, relatable to Donkey Kong uh, 64 and Banjo-Kazooie, but when they uh, released one of their trailers and they they showed that this game was very kid friendly and and looked very similar to a lot of other games that were out on the system at the time uh, the reception to that was not very well received so they decided to make a change we're gonna change this game up we're gonna make it completely new different style game so instead of being a kid friendly game they went the exact opposite route now this is a one of the rare M rated games on the N64 and released by Nintendo. They don't they don't dip into the rated M stuff very much and this game is definitely worthy of that M rating, I must say. But this hands down, I think still to this day, besides maybe like Disco Elysium or something, this may be the funniest game I have ever played in my life. It is so ridiculous. It is so goddamn funny. I don't even know like I'll try my best. I'm going to we're going to go through the game and we're going to talk about some of the absolutely wacky shit. But first I got to tell you a story. Um so how did I get this game? I am holding my copy of the game in my hand right now. You hear that? That is my copy, my loose cartridge copy of N64 Conquer's Bad Fur Day. And dude, I'll never fucking forget the day that I got this game. It is Still to this day, my greatest gaming find, my greatest gaming deal that I've ever received, and I have never moved so fastly to drive to this dude's house and buy this game off of him. So, if you guys don't know what Kijiji is, I, I think everyone knows what fucking Kijiji is, right? It's an online thing, you can sell and buy stuff, so... Back in the day when I was uh, a teeny bopper and I had a job uh, working at a grocery store and uh, all that income was directly coming to me, I had nothing to pay for and, except my car and um, damn dude, I would fucking, I would always be perusing for game deals on there, especially at the time I was highly addicted to collecting uh, retro video games with my buddy Billy. We would go out to uh, the video game stores all around town like usually once a week and we go looking for stuff. I, I don't recall if we ever did see a copy of Conker's Bad Fur Day before I got mine. We would always look. They never had it. I know I've seen a few, quite a few copies. I'm not going to lie. I'd say probably like five or six copies of Conker's Bad, Bad Fur Day out in the wild for absorbent amounts of money. I mean, we're talking upwards to uh, low end, like $80, high end, $150. Now, if you're talking, you want a box copy. Now you're talking like, who knows, three, four, five hundred $500 back, back like 10 years ago when I was collecting. So yeah, this game was always out of my reach financially. Uh, and just personally, cause I don't like to spend that much money on old video games. I will do everything that I can to look around and find deals and haggle and do whatever I can. But uh, yeah, man, I've been stopped in my tracks a few times trying to, you know, I found a Conker's uh, at an old flea market all the time that I used to go to as a kid. And this lady, she would never give me a deal on it. I could never afford it. So I just never got it. But one day I was perusing uh, Kijiji and this dude was selling like 
some of the rarest N64, some of the hardest, most expensive N64 games to find. I'm talking Banjo-Tooie, uh, we're talking Harvest Moon 64, and we're talking this son of a bitch right here, Conker's Bad Fur Day. And uh, I think uh, I got those I got those three games, so Banjo-Tooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and Harvest Moon 64. I don't think I paid over $65 for the three of them. And I instantly, like, that, it came up. I, I messaged the guy right away. I'm like, how much you want? I'm coming right now. I'm going to get these. And I fucking zoomed over there. It was a very sketchy area of, of neighborhood. And it was a very sketchy situation. But I was so fucking desperate for this game. And I was going to do, I don't even care if I was walking into a crack den, if I was going to die that day. It doesn't matter. As long as I walk out of there, uh, not a virgin anymore. As long as I get my Conker's Bad Fur Day, Banjo-Tooie, and Harvest Moon 64, I am a happy duck. And uh, I went in there, he had the games laid out on a table, I fucking, I grabbed them, and boom, the deal, the transaction was done, I did not get raped, nothing was bad, his girlfriend was sitting there, and she was like, you probably shouldn't be selling these for, even she knew that, like, I'm getting a fucking good deal here, and dude, I ran out of there like a gangbuster, and for years, I, that was the, for years, I, this was the one thing that I can hold over my buddy Billy's head, is that I have a, Con a Conker's Bad Fur Day copy, and you don't, and now he owns fucking two of them, so fuck me, but for that one or two glorious years where I had my copy and he didn't, I felt like a goddamn god, man, I felt like a god, it was amazing, so, um, Again, so this game has a special, special place in my heart because, like I said, it was it's the greatest find that I ever found. It, I know it's not fucking like Flintstones to Nintendo game or whatever. It's not the most rare thing, especially now that it's been re-released. But back then, man, that was like our crowning jewel. Like, we wanted Conker so fucking bad, and I actually got it, dude. And I can't even tell you how that was <laughs> top five day of all time, okay? Top five day, and I still, like, I drive, I still live in the town where I bought it, and I, whenever I drive by that house, I always point it out. I'm like, that's where I bought Conker's Bad Fur Day. That's how much of a fucking loser I am, but um, let's get into this game. So, we know that this game is rated M. So the game kicks off and you're in this fucking pub and you're so you're Conker, right? And if you don't know who Conker is, he's a fucking foul mouth red squirrel and um yeah he is not your typical nintendo character and on top of that he was also in diddy kong racing before this game came out and that conquer in there that's more uh the conquer design that they originally had for him where he was a happy-go-lucky squirrel and not the the foul mouth squirrel that he is so you start off in this bar you're fucking wasted you got to take a piss and you go outside and you're taking a piss and you're aiming your piss stream and you're fucking throwing up on everything and you're like holy shit like this is crazy this is not a nintendo game that i uh <coughs> excuse me that i that i grew up on like this is this is not kid friendly at all and uh the whole concept of this game is that there's a so you're in this fairy tale world with a bunch of talking animals or whatever, and the king of this world is this big badass Black Panther, and he's got a problem. What's his problem? His problem is that he has a table that he likes to put his milk on, and the table's wobbly, and it makes the milk spill, or it makes the milk not sturdy enough for his liking. So we need, we need a solution, and what is the solution? Well... King Panther has his own scientist, and the scientist says, well, the best thing that we can do is we should probably grab a red squirrel and replace him and use him as the new table leg. That's got to be the best thing. So that's what King Panther wants. He wants Conker. He wants him for a table leg. So that's where we're going with this. Um, 
then uh, his his girlfriend gets uh, captured. So uh, and on top of that, uh, Conquer. I know it's a video game, okay? Just bear with me. But she is in this world a very very attractive uh, character, and uh, yeah, Conquer wants her very badly. He wants to keep her, and make sure that she's safe in his. And uh, yeah, so they go on. Uh, they steal her. Panther King sends his minions after uh, Conquer, and Conquer is going to save his girlfriend, save the day, save the world, and maybe even become the new king of this fairy tale land. I think it's called Windy. Um, so he enters Windy, and right away we're introduced to these like really foul mouthed fucking uh, wasps that are attacking us, and we need to help the queen bee uh, get the wasp out of her thing. Uh, we do that. And then you go to what is probably one of the funniest scenes into the game, and one of my favorites. Like this is where it just—I got—I got like really. I was like, "Whoa, dude! Like this is wild." Uh, you go into a barn, and there is—I think it's a fucking broom or something that's in there, and he's like trying to hang himself. And then there's like a talking paint can that's like, "Do it, do it, just do it." And then another paint can there's something that's just like, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." He just repeats everything the other guy says. One of the funniest fucking moments i've ever seen in video gaming it's so goddamn funny man i don't i can't do it justice you just you have to play this game man like now it's easier than ever to get it it's on the rare replay which is uh, without a doubt one of the best bundles uh one of the best deals you can get in gaming it comes with all the all the amazing rare games before they weren't so good but good rare games on there uh if you haven't and and it's one of the better versions like uh, the best version overall is the original n64 version it's hard to get uh it's old i don't think all of you have n64s i still have mine but um yeah, it's definitely cheaper than going out, finding an N64, finding controllers that work, finding a copy of, of Conqueror's Bad Fur Day for a cheap price. Just do yourself a favor. Go get yourself a copy of the Rare Replay. I think it's still only on XBX, but um, go get, get an Xbox then. Fuck, what are you doing? Uh, after, <laughs> after that, uh, he helps... He goes to the barn boys, then he helps get boxed off of... Okay, and then he goes... Uh, he enters Spooky, and he meets Death. Now, death. Oh, my God. This is, like, the funniest version of death I've ever seen in a video game. Usually around, like, any pop culture, uh, death is, like, a, you know, a scary, maybe a non-talking entity. He might have wings. He might be on fire. He might, be, he might just be a skeleton, but he's usually got the big black robe over him with the hood. Um, and this one, uh, he has this really ridiculous high-pitched voice, and he's kind of, I think he's, like, British. Dude. He's one of the, it's so goddamn, he's so goddamn funny throughout the whole game. It's absolutely insane. You go into um, this, like, creepy castle, and it's filled with a bunch of zombie teddy bears, and, like, I think it's zombie teddy bears. There's, like, definitely zombies in it, so it's got the zombie thing before zombies were cool. You're going through this insanely big maze. It's very squirrel zombies, that's what it is. Yeah, other squirrel zombies. The teddy bears come later. Uh, during Conker's Feast... Batula tells, okay, war. I'm just trying to read through the thing because I haven't played this game in a long time and I, I wasn't going to have the time to hook up the N64 and give it a playthrough. Uh, I played through it, I think, three times, but like I said, I haven't played it in like 10 years, so I'm just kind of going uh, off of uh, Wikipedia and the thing just so I can get a real little bit of a spark into how this game went. Okay, so after they do the, the fucking castle, Conker turns back into a, into his normal squirrel form and leaves with his inheritance, entering Windy at nightfall. When a new entrance 
for It's War appears. Oh my god, so this game also has a lot of pop culture references, a lot of themes in the game, so you got your classic horror castle, probably themed after Dracula, you got uh, this place here, you're going to It's War, which is like straight up, like Saving Private Ryan, uh, war, war fucking... It, honestly, this is like the hardest part of the game for me. I always remember struggling very mightily on this part. Uh, I think there's the part where you're like going through the lasers or something and the teddy bears are shooting at you. Oh my god, dude, that part was so fucking hard. That, this part, without question, was the hardest part in the game. Without question. And and here you're fighting, like, Nazi teddies. They're, they, they, I don't think they call them Nazis, but they're definitely, like, Nazi teddy bears. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Conquer that goes to the warehouse. Teddits, Conquer. Okay, you killed Teddits, who is, like, the, the guy who you fight and stuff. The boss battles in this game are pretty... Pretty decent, you know, the one in It's War was very difficult. The game is kind of hard, I'm not gonna lie, but this was a long time ago. I was, like, fairly decent at games. I was, I was, I was competent, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd have that much trouble with the game nowadays. Toxic Chemicals, and then he enters the un underground area, Submariner. Things seem, uh, finds a seemingly little girl, but turns out to be a puppet on the hand of a bigger teddy machine. That's right. That's the boss fight. Conquer successfully defeats the big teddy robot. That was a pretty badass, uh, boss fight. You got all these, like, missiles are following you, and you gotta, like, hide behind the pillars and shoot him with their, your rocket launcher. It's pretty badass. Uh, you escape out of there, remaining squirrels escape in time while the teddy's base explodes in, in that classic action movie fashion. Conk uh, Conquer returns to Windy at this point and finds part of the scenery and a wind windmill on top of the mountain no longer there. I just want to go back because I missed a part when you're in Windy originally and you're, I think you're fighting like a big bull, but there's this fucking sunflower who like doesn't want to show show you her massive cans, I mean titties, and you have to do a bunch of things to get her water to something that she shows off the big tits or whatever, and you have to jump on them. Fucking outrageous, dude. Like, the fact that this was a Nintendo-licensed game and they released it is fucking insane. Like, I'm looking at it right now. It's got the Nintendo official seal of approval. They would never release a game like this today, but they fucking need to. We need another M-rated classic like this out of you, Nintendo. There's nothing wrong with it. After that, you get to Conquer Finds Barry, Don Weasel, head of the Weasel Mafia. This guy's awesome. Enlist their help, and then you go. You gotta rob a bank for this guy. And this scene's awesome. So it's literally. Uh, I haven't even fucking. This might shock a few of you, but I have not seen The Matrix before. But I've seen all like the main scenes or whatever, and this is a direct parody of the the bank heist scene, I guess, from The Matrix? Is there a bank heist scene in The Matrix? I should probably watch that. I might watch it fucking right after this. I don't know. I need to watch it, right? It's a classic. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's just at the time when Matrix came out, it was already being parodied so hard. And, like, every movie at the time when after that came out, every movie had to do a parody. Every comedy movie was doing a parody. I remember, like, Scary Movie had the parody of it. And it's like, okay, it's overdone at that point. But you do this absolutely fucking insane um, bank heist and you're like doing a slow-mo, you're doing flips over and you're shooting all the dudes. I remember this part being quite difficult too, but it was so badass, so badass. And then after you get through that, the Panther King suddenly begins having chest pains. Uh, hold on now, what did I miss? Uh, but a shot and killed by Weasel and the Panther King's orders. The Panther King suddenly... Okay, then you move into the last part of the game. 
Congress versus disbelief. Just want to make sure I'm reading everything correctly. Okay, so in the last scene of the game, you literally get attacked by a fucking xenomorph, dude. A xenomorph. Uh, you you you're wearing uh the the robotic suit from Alien or Aliens. I don't remember what movie it was. I have seen Aliens, so I uh, I think. But you got you have a final boss fight with him, and um you it has a really funny third wall breaking moment where the game like freezes and uh conquer is like what the fuck dude and he's like chirping the developers and everything like what kind of fucking game is this like what the hell are you doing uh which he activated okay so after all that uh conquer's revenge and touring again airlock expelling crypt crypt whatever the fuck panther king and buries corpses into space and then battles heinrich with the aid of the robotic suit after Conquer fails to successfully throw the creature out of the airlock, and that's when we have the game freezing and programmers. <laughs> the programmers then give Conquer a katana and tele teleport him to Panther King's throne room where he decapita decapitates Heinrich, the Panther King, with ease. Conquer is then crowned the new king of the land. So, there you go. That is uh, my justice of, of the story of Conquer. It's a very fucking wild game, man. You, you go through all these uh, very different locales. I mean, you go from the bright, colorful hills of Windy at the beginning. You go into the dark, spooky, scary, haunted mansion. And holy fuck, dude, I barely even... I didn't even fucking recall two... two one level... A, you go into like a lava thing and then the coup de grace how can I almost have forgotten to talk about this fucking boss fight I think almost everybody knows this boss fight by now but the great mighty Pooh. oh my god if you do not know this boss fight this is one of the most iconic funniest boss fights you will ever have in your entire life you fight this mountain of fucking shit who sings operatic music to you I'm not going to sing for you, but you have to see this. If you have not seen this, go on YouTube, look up the Great Mighty Pooh fight. You you will not be disappointed. I say that all the time, but I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. This is insane. You fight him by throwing fucking toilet paper, toilet paper fucking rolls into his mouth. It's absolutely fucking insane. Um, you go into, uh, there's like an underground like temple with a tiki rituals and shit and you got to do this ridiculously hard race uh on lava i always remembered that race being very very fucking difficult like i said man this game was pretty damn hard it was it's definitely not easy it's definitely marketed towards your older audience uh as far as i know it was marketed uh towards uh frat boys and college students but uh they didn't go for it um yeah, dude, the game is fucking absolutely insane. I wanted to talk about a few of the, just a couple of weird things that I read about when I was look, looking up this game. Uh, so I did talk about that the game was uh, a critical flop. Though it received positive reviews and has become a cult classic, that's for fucking sure. It's one of the biggest, most popular cult classics in all of gaming, I, I, I think. The game did not sell well at all. All. It sold less than 30,000 units, y'all. That is really, really bad. Like, think about it in gaming now. Like, if you don't sell a million units now, like, you're probably not going to get a sequel. Your fucking whole studio might get shut down. It's insane. Uh, so this game only sold 30,000. 30,000. Due to, due to Nintendo refusing to promote the game on top of its coming out at the very end of the N64's life cycle. 
when people were more focused on the already released PS2 and then upcoming GameCube and Xbox. So a lot of people at this time, younger people, even college students, you know, they're always broke. They're probably pinching their pennies right now, rather trying to save up for a PS2, a GameCube, or the Xbox. Not a lot of people bought this game. Uh, the creator, Chris uh, Sevor, who we must shout out because he was pretty much uh, like he voice acted almost all of the characters in this game. Iconic performance there. And he had a lot to do with the creation of this game. And he received a lot of backlash. Uh, he admitted uh, rare on, re on Rare Replay that if he were to make the game today, there were some things that he would have definitely changed, particularly the sunny days part of the game, which I talked about. That is the sunflower with the massive hoo-hoos, which he finds extremely embarrassing in hindsight. So there's that. Uh, there's been uh, quite a few cut things out of the game. Uh, if you think the game was uh, risque before, check out some of these things that were cut out of the game. In the barn boy scenes with the with the like okay so uh, they left in the the suicide thing with the fucking uh pitch it's a pitchfork that uh commits suicide in the game but he's a pitchfork so it doesn't work and they just laugh at him so they're able to joke about suicide but apparently on top of that they also had a throwaway gag that took a pot shot pot shot at the kkk the ku klux klan the final game had a reference replaced with the paint pot and brush wearing generic executioner hoods instead so apparently before they were wearing white white hoods which represents the ku klux klan i don't think in any scenario that that would have went over very well so that's kind of a good thing that they uh cut that one out uh, apparently there's a jab that was taken at Pokemon. The unfinished scene and voice clips were dummied out and can still be found in the game's code. I don't really know what that, what the pot shot was, but okay. Uh, in the, in, in, uh, it's war scene of the game, the war side, there was a scene taken out where they have two soldiers. They actually have three scenes edited out. Uh, <laughs> Rodent was accompanied by two soldiers who were killed by a firing squad. So they didn't want to have anyone getting killed by firing squad in the game. There's a brief scene where a Teddy's stand in for Hitler appeared was cut. Uh, so they had a uh, Hitler appeared in the game. So yeah, I don't think that would have been a very good idea in a horrifying scene where a live squirrel soldier is dissected by the teddies was replaced by by a scene of two teddies just chit-chatting uh, That's pretty wild. Uh, I don't think I think that would have been fine because I think it actually would have been really funny because he's a he's a fucking Wait, hold on. What? Oh, a live squirrel. Okay, okay. It was a live squirrel. Okay. If they were, if they, they could have replaced it with like one of their own teddies and they could have had like fluff coming out of him, that would have been pretty cool. Was created exactly. Was going to be locked, looked down upon. Okay. So the game was marketed to uh, 21, 21 year olds. Microsoft had rare censored the remake, despite the fact that it was an M-rated game on a console target targeted mostly at teenagers and young adults. So they remade the game on the original fat Xbox, and oh man I, I never played it but i it's a, i hear mixed things about it like they changed some things in the game that you know weren't well received and i mean the graphics i mean the graphics look good uh, for a game at that time it was a very good looking game but that's really all they did with it they upgraded the graphics and kind of took out some things that people really liked uh it was called conquers live and reloaded i believe that was the name of the game they had invisible advertising. Nintendo refused to promote the game, which is one of the main reasons why it flopped. So, 
I don't know, man. I don't know if the Nintendo overly wanted this game to succeed. Maybe they were pretty pissed off that, like, the... The, the, the style of the game was changed late into its development and, and got pushed back so far that, like, it was pretty much doomed from the start. Not the start, because it was conceived in 96. But if the game came out in, like, 98, 99 when it was supposed to, then it probably would have done a lot better. Maybe not as... It wouldn't have been, like... Definitely wouldn't have been the cult classic that it is today. But, uh, yeah. So, like I said, the game was... Uh, had a mid-development genre shift. Like I said, it was shown off in uh 98 looked very kitty and people did not dig that well known for their family friendly games uh this was a pretty big shock for rare also this was a pretty big shift for them as well they are the ones that made uh banjo kazooie they made uh donkey kong so it was kind of weird that they wanted to make a third series that was so similar to other series that they had so i think it was a very good idea uh for them to uh change um change uh into a m-rated game i don't know if i had to go all the way to m but it could have been a a fine fine on a, a t but i'm good with it uh apparently rumors have it that uh the developers had planned a much darker ending where conquer who is depressed over his current dilemma and barry's death commits suicide via a gunshot to the head this ending was changed because Rare and Chris Sevor wanted to create a sequel to the game and scrap this ending because it didn't leave room for one. However, there isn't any evidence of an ending existing at all. So, very interesting there. I mean, they already played with the suicide thing earlier, but that was with a pitchfork that didn't have brains or anything or, like, any living matter within it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, but he did, so... I don't really know about that one. <laughs> uh, the game was also saved from development hell. The game was in development alongside of Banjo-Kazooie and was first shown off as Conquer 64 in 97. It took several years and a genre shift. Uh, screwed screwed by the network, so it, was just, it just really wasn't given much of a chance. Making a sequel. An interview with Chris revealed that not only did they plan on making a sequel to Conker's Bad Fur Day, aptly named Conker's Other Bad Fur Day, but the plotline of the game was much was actually finalized. However, Microsoft decided against doing a sequel until they decided to ask, so development was shelved. The only known parts of the plot revealed to the public was the beginning where Conker was dethroned, imprisoned, and awaiting execution because he wasted the entire royal treasury on beer parties and hookers oh that sounds fucking awesome dude he then was was to make an escape from the castle's highest tower with a ball and chain attached to his leg very interesting i did not know that i would really really like like obviously rare is a very different company now a lot of those guys creators everyone who was involved with that probably don't work with rare anymore they may not even be in games but that concept sounds really fucking cool to me man i i would love uh to see conquer in some way shape or form i just don't like it's, it'd be i would love for them to do a conquer's other bad for a day release it on the switch um and and make it that m-rated game that you know we don't have a whole lot of over there and now the fact that like nintendo is releasing more third-party titles over on the switch now i know they're a lot older but you know you got like the witcher 3s on there you got doom on there so you have you you are starting to build an audience uh with with more m-rated games and i think if 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 nintendo announced that conquer's bad for a day 2 is coming out they announced it this summer or something and they say that is coming out next next year next summer 
I think that it would be one of the biggest stories coming out of this year. Like, not only is it a cult classic and now revered as one of the best N64 games of all time, one of the funniest games of all time, if not the funniest, and uh, it's just a very beloved game. And uh, if they were to come out and say that we're doing Conker's Bad Fur Day 2, we're going full in on the raunchy, would that work in, a, in a, the modern society that we live in now? You know, some people call it the snowflake era where everyone's so butthurt about everything. But, you know, okay, we'll, to we'll, we'll definitely tone down the suicide stuff, but I think there is a ton of potential for a Conker's Bad Fur Day revival. Maybe even just re-release it because we have the Nintendo 64 thing on switch so give us put fucking conquers bad fur day out there that would be revolutionary for everybody like it's i love the the fact that they finally did get the n64 games out there uh because man it is such a treat such a such a pleasure to be able to play these games you know with a wireless controller i can sit there and play it with my pro controller i could play it on my big screen tv i could take it on the go with me like mario kart 64 on the go are you fucking kidding me but you, they have to like. I, I know Nintendo is very, very, very bad at this, and and they 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 drip out content slower than a fucking ninety-eight year old man trying to take a dump. But the stuff it, they they have this incredible black backlog, and I think they're not utilizing it to their full potential. Because if you sit there, you you announce that a Conquer's Bad Fur Day two is on its way, and then you release Conquer's Bad Fur Day again. On the uh, N64 uh, online thing, people are going to fucking num num nums. They're going to eat that shit up. They're going to... All the people that may have missed it, because uh, I imagine there's still a ton of people out there that haven't played it. You know, work that shit out with Rare Dude. I don't care what it fucking takes. Get Conker's Bad Fur Day on the Switch. Let people play this game. Let people fucking figure out how amazing this game is. I feel like not enough people still have played it because how hard it was to acquire, how expensive it was to acquire up until about a few years ago, like I said, until Rare Replay came out. But not everybody has an Xbox, dude. And I have Rare... Excuse me. I have Rare Replay, and I have not even... I haven't even touched it yet. I'm sorry. I haven't. I got so many games to play. And to add in, I think it's 30 fucking rare games. Uh, excuse me, 30 games on there? Nah, dog, nah. But honest to God, now that I've been talking about this, I wouldn't actually mind playing through Conkers a little bit. That might be really fun. See if it actually is as hard as it, as it was for me back in the day. But uh, overall, man, I think... My favorite part of the game, I, I still believe, like, the, the opening area when you're in Windy and you're dealing with the fucking pissed off wasps that are just cursing you, saying fucking shit. It's so goddamn funny. Like, that opening area and the, the barn scene is probably overall my favorite part of the game. Uh, obviously, Great Mighty Pooh is the Great Mighty Pooh, one of the most iconic, funny things ever. It's got its love. I think people, almost everyone who who is aware of video games is probably aware of this. Like I said, if you're not, dude, what are you doing? Um, finish this podcast and then go the fucking play and, and, and go watch it. What are you doing? It's hilarious. Um, the game overall, I mean, the gameplay is what it is. It's not the tightest controlling game. I mean, the shooting was a little bit wonky and the controls sometimes can like get you killed in some frustrating ways, especially when you're doing the, this is war area. Sometimes you got to go in first person and it just doesn't really work out that great. And the racing part, uh, the lava racing thing was really difficult and kind of hard. But, um, and on top of that, I never mentioned the multiplayer that is in this game. Uh, there's a reason why, because I never played it. Um, I never, I didn't grow up with this game, and when I got it, I, I didn't really have anyone to play it with. My buddy and I, we never actually did come around to playing it. So I don't really know anything about 
the uh, the online, but I have heard that it was really good. I just never I never tried it. So um, again, that would be so sick, dude. You release it on the N sixty four online thing, and then now we we can fucking play online the the Conquer's Bad Fur Day thing online with people, and you have like eight people, sixteen people, more than four, which you could. Oh my god, dude! I'm getting I'm getting a raging boner just fucking thinking about this. This is be so good. Nintendo, hire me. What are you doing? I will be your I'll be your promoter, dude. I'll fucking Conquer's Bad Fur Day to it up for everybody. I'll play it. I'll live stream it. I'll fucking yeah. I'll get Conker's fucking uh, squirrel head tattooed on my ass. Just make me Conker's Bad Fur Day 2, or at the very least, re-release it on the N64 online, for God's sakes. What are you guys doing? But overall, dude, this is one of, uh... I don't... Uh, see, the problem is, like, I have all these separate lists. Um, like, I have my N64 list, I have my Wii list, but I don't have, like, a, uh, an all-in-one list. Like, my overall top top 10 top 20 games i don't know where conquers would fall on that one uh i feel like it would be pretty high up there i don't know if it would crack a top 10 it's not that good but it holds a very very special spot in my heart and where did it oh my god oh okay i thought it didn't even add it on the list there i was like where the fuck is it that's because it's so high up y'all um so conquers bad fur day on the n64 ranks Number two on my top 10, or my top, what up, my top N64 games of all time. That is right, there's only one game that I consider to be better in my books uh, than Conker's Bad Fur Day. Conker's Bad Fur Day is a very cherished game in my library. It still holds the, the king crowning spot in my N64 collection. It stands atop all the other N64 games. It is proudly displayed uh, on my shelf all the time. I always look over at it, and I'm always reminded of those amazing days back when I was collecting old school video games and when I found this game. Never going to forget it. One of the greatest memories I've ever had. So that's about it for me in this episode. I would love to hear your guys' stories. If you have any stories about Conker's Bad Fur Day, did you play it originally when it came out? Were you one of the 30,000 people? That's a small majority. And and can you imagine the chances of one of you 30,000 people are actually listening to this podcast? Holy fuck. Tell me the odds. I should go buy a lottery ticket. But um, did you play the original back when it came out? Did you get it later like I did? Did you get? Did you play it first on the Xbox, the reloaded version? Did you like it? I never played it. I always wanted it uh, because that was like the only version I thought I could ever get because there was no way back then I thought I was ever going to get my hands on it. Uh, do you guys have a copy of Conker's Bad Fur Day? I'm not talking to you, Billy, because I know fucking how many copies you have, you asshole. Um, yeah, dude, are, are you, would you guys want uh, a remake, a reboot, uh, just an HD upgrade, the, release it on Nintendo Switch Online? Do you guys, would you fucking be, I don't think anyone in the world would say no to a Conker's Bad Fur Day 2 game. Are you crazy? If, if you say no to that, turn this off right now and get away from me. How dare you? Um, yep, ranks number two on my list overall N64 games. Where does it rank in your guys' top 10? Does it crack your top 10? Did you hate this game? Do you love it? Did you love all the pop culture references? I mean, this game is prime for a remake, dude. There's so much pop culture that, that has passed over the, the, 20 years that uh, since this game's release i mean you can make five conquers bad fur days i mean this, this should be a series i i am dying this without question is 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 on my top list for uh video game series i want to come back we need more of this it is such a charming 
fucking still to this day the funniest game. I don't think a game even comes close for me. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit of a fucking um, comedy snob because, like I said earlier in this uh, in this video, I used to rewatch movies like a crazy son of a bitch, and I used to rewatch old comedy movies all the fucking time, dude. Like old Jim Carrey, man. Like Liar Liar, The Mask. Dumb and Dumber. I've watched those movies so many fucking times, so I'm a little bit numbed by uh, just funny stuff. I don't really laugh very much, but um, Conker's Bad Fur Day, without a question, made me laugh my ass off, and uh, that is a rare thing. Get what I did there? The game's made by Rare. I said Rare, Rare. Um, just a fucking great game, y'all. If you can, do everything you can to get your hands on this game. Give it a shot. Tell me what you think of it. And uh, that is it for me. I just got to find my motherfucking yeah so I could turn this off. All right, everybody. Make sure you check out all the other uh, podcasts on my uh, Spotify. It's on all major platforms. You can check it out there. Check out my YouTube channel. Maybe someday I can get a Let's Play. I've always, oh my God, I've always, that's been one of my top Let's Play wants for so long. All the way back to 10 years ago when I first started this. I've always been talking about a Conker's Bad Fur Day Let's Play. So, Nintendo, re-release it, please, for me on the Switch so I don't have to hook up my N64 again and go through all that bullshit. Please, and thank you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you're following along the show on Twitter at GXPodcast93. That's where I'm going to be posting uh, some sneak peeks on uh, episodes for this gaming podcast. Uh, you might get a sneak peek on what game I'll be talking about the next week. So make sure you're following along and uh, drop me some comments. You know, let's get this thing growing, y'all. I want to hear from everybody. Let's talk about video games. All right, everybody. Love you. Thank you so much for watching. Listening. God damn it.